Father God, we just thank you for the privilege of being able to come around the living word. We thank you, Father God, for the word that transforms our lives. We thank you, Father God, as your word goes forth this morning, Lord, that every heart will be transformed and changed forever, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that the hearts are open to receive, Lord, that our minds are shut off from all the busyness of life, but our minds and our hearts are open to the word and the power of your word that will be transferred today, Lord. And we just thank you for that privilege and ask that every heart will be ministered to in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Okay, so um, I'm going to um, share from John chapter 11, and I'm going to read 44 verses. So it seems like a lot, but um, I'm a fast reader, so you'll be fine. Um, Our theme for this month is accelerated growth. So I'm just going to point out some um, tips that will actually assist you in your growth and in your Christian life. So let's start. um, John chapter 11, verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wrapped them with her hair, and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, the one you love is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus, sickness will not end in death. Nor, no, it is for the glory of God. I, the Son of God, will receive glory for this. Although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days and did not go to them. Finally, after the two days, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. But his disciples objected. Teacher, they said, only a few days ago, Jewish leaders in Judea were trying to kill you. Are you going there again? Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. As long as it is light, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. Only at night is there danger of stumbling because there is no light. Then he said, Our friend, Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, this means he is getting better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was having a good night's rest, but Jesus meant Lazarus had died. Then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I am glad I wasn't there because this will give you an opportunity to believe in me. Come, let's go see him. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. (laughs) Positive fellow. Um, When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus has already been on his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem and many of the people had come to pay their respects and console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, when everyone else rises on resurrection day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. They are given eternal life for believing in me and will never perish. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah and the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she left him and returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, The teacher is here and wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. Now Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house trying to console Mary saw her leave so hastily, 
They assumed that she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep, so they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell down at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw other people wailing with her, he was moved with indignation and was deeply troubled. Where have you placed him, he said. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? And again Jesus was deeply troubled. Then they came to the grave and it was a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, said, Lord, but now the smell will be terrible because he has been dead for four days. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here, so they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out, bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Fantastic story, fantastic story. I wanted you to grasp the whole picture, so that's why I read the whole chapter. Um, But what I'm going to share this morning is just some um, steps that will um, assist you, but also um, some things that will slow us down, that can slow us down in our walk. Um, And um, tradition has it that back in those days they used to wrap everybody up with cloth when they died, and they'd what they'd call layers and layers and layers of cloth. Um, have, I don't know if anyone's seen a mummy in a, in a historical um, museum or anything. They're all wrapped up really, really tightly with cloth and in amongst all those layers are herbs and spices to preserve the body and to obviously get rid of some of the stench after they've died. So, Because they used to keep the bodies um, um, you know, out for people to see, etc. so when they'd wrap them up. So that was the custom. But the interesting thing was that the head was wrapped separately from the rest of the body. So I want you to just remember that little tip. The head was wrapped wrapped from the rest of the body. So Jesus said to, um, um, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, um, unwrap him and let him go. Unwrap him and set him free from the clothes. Um, So Lazarus had been raised um, from a dead life of sin to a new life in Christ, just like you and I. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, we have been raised from a dead life of sin um, to a new life in Christ. But sometimes we still have grave clothes hanging off us, okay? And they stop us and they prevent us from moving forward. They slow us down. They actually inhibit our growth in God. And so this morning I'm going to help um, you, you know, um, talk to you a little bit about um, what some of those grave clothes could be. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7 it says, um, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when we become um, Christians, um, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now, just because we're new creatures in Christ Jesus doesn't mean to say that we've gotten rid of all those grave cloths. Um, And sometimes we can walk around very difficult. If you've ever seen mummies, they walk around, they can hardly walk. And I imagine Lazarus would have come out of the grave a little bit wobbly and he didn't, his face was covered and his legs were tied and his arms were tied so it would have been very difficult for him to, to walk out but by the power of God he was able to walk out and be set free from those cloths. Um, so the first cloth that we need to remove um, from our new life in Christ 
is sin. We need to shed our grave garb. The sinful ways of our old life takes a lot of effort, hard work, diligence, discipline and persistence. Ephesians 4, and 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's our responsibility when we are God's kids to make the effort to get rid of the old grave garb, to get rid of the grave clothes and put on a new wardrobe of righteousness in Christ Jesus so we can live a holy, righteous life and be an example to others. So this morning we're going to be ripping off some old clothes of sin and we're going to walk in the newness of life. That new song that we sang, Deeper and Deeper, I love that. That was awesome. And, you know, it's really good for us to actually get up and move a bit. Um, And particularly as you get older, young people, particularly as you get older, it's really important that we get up and move a bit. And so at the end of this, I think we're going to get up and we're going to sing that song again. And um, it's going to be, it's really good for us all. I know, no, no, you know, you get a bit uncomfortable about what the person's thinking next to you. The reality is they're not even thinking about you. So, you know, we're going to get up and we're going to be a little bit freer by the end of the service, okay? You know, so I think that'll be a good thing to do. Okay, so as we offload the grave cloths, we're going to become freer and freer in God. Okay, but sometimes in our walk with God, just as Jesus said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Sometimes we've got to go backwards to go forwards. And so um, we um, will not always understand why things happen in our life. Sometimes we've had bad things happen and we've had, you know, we might have had a loss, uh, we might have been abused, we might have um, lived in a home of addictions. Um, And so sometimes it's painful to go back. But, you know, the environment that we're raised in makes us the people that we are. And so God wants us to be an environment of um, life and life abundant, as it says in John 10.10. You know, the devil comes to rob, steal and destroy, but Jesus came that we could have life and life abundant. And so sometimes we have to go back to our past to help us move forward into our miracle. Just as Jesus did, he took his disciples back to a place that was a threat to him, but it was a place of a miracle. And so when we go back, um, we need to take Jesus with us. Okay? I just want to share... um, a situation with you that happened to me a number of years ago, quite a number of years ago, but it, it will explain this situation. Um, I went through a very, very difficult time and um, a little bit hard to explain. Um, was in a very toxic environment. Um, and in that toxic environment, um, I was stripped of a place of um, uh, authority um, and the position that I was in. And... Um, it was very, very painful at the time, very hurtful. And in fact, I even thought, well, God, if that's how I'm going to run my life, well, what's the point of even believing in God? And I stopped going to church for a number of weeks. In fact, for a number of months, I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped praying. Um, and I thought, what is the point of all this? You know, if I'm going to um, come out of a toxic environment where my... Um, my whole being was being attacked, my, my, my spiritual values, uh, what I um, believed in, um, my personal values were all being questioned um, and I couldn't work out why. Um, and, you know, 
I had to go back to that place for God to heal my heart. And sometimes it's hard to go back. But, you know, I thank God every day that he took me back. He took me back to that place not only to forgive but to restore my trust in human people, to restore my trust in authority, um, to restore my values and belief in a living God. You know, but Jesus had to take me back to that place of pain to help me move forward. So sometimes God does that. Um, and it's not always easy. So be prepared to sometimes go back. Now, I don't mean go back to live your old life. I mean to go back to perhaps have to relive that pain or hurt to actually move forward in God where you can actually have your miracle. Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus is the only one that can remove the stench of sin and breathe the breath of life into us. Jesus is the only one. Jesus is the only one that can actually transform the pains and the hurts that we have from the past. He is the only one that can heal them. So allow Jesus' power to perform on your behalf. He can show you what needs to change and he can guide you to a place of complete freedom from your past. That's living life abundant. So let's put off those, that grave clothes of sin and let's die to ourselves, our old selves and our old nature and our old attitudes and let's live a life of righteousness before God. The second thing that we need to do to unwrap these um, grave clothes is the grave clothes of negative thinking and attitudes. It's really, really easy in the Christian walk and in our natural life, in our workplace, in our, uh, within our family environment sometimes, to always maintain a positive attitude and to think positively. It's very easy to think negatively. You know, stuff happens and you go, oh, well... You know, such is life. My life's always like that. This always happens to me. You know, so we go to the negative. Our old man goes to the negative. Instead of thinking, well, what can God do through this situation? How can God, just as Jesus said to um, his disciples, how can God be glorified in this situation? You know? So um, negative thoughts and negative attitudes. Mary and Martha in verse 21, in their grief, were negative. Jesus, if you had been here earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. Why weren't you here earlier? You can sort of pick up a little bit of an undertone of negativeness. You know, Jesus, you are the miracle worker. We have walked with you. We have talked with you. We, you, have raised, you, know, you have raised people from being sick. You have healed people. You have healed the leper. And, and um, you, know, you have done all those miracles. And yet you, wouldn't, you couldn't turn up on time for my miracle that we needed. And sometimes we can go through life and we can go, Hey, Jesus... Where are you? You didn't turn up when I needed you the most. Why? So the Son of God could be glorified. Sometimes we don't see we're in the midst of it, you know, what God is doing, but God is using it, one, to accelerate your growth, and two, so he will be glorified. Okay? So um, Mary and Martha had to go through that response, you know, and they had to, they had to, they had to learn to manage that. And yes, they were grieving, but they had that negative thoughts that they had to manage. And we need to make sure that we guard our thoughts, that we're diligent about guarding our thoughts. Romans 12.2 states that, you know, dedicate your bodies, that it is all your members and your faculties as a living sacrifice to God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your minds, its ideas, attitudes and thoughts. 
Um, so let's move forward with our thinking and let's not um, get bound up with the negative things um, that um, can hold us back. If we really want to live a life for, you know, full of God's purpose, we need to guard our thoughts. We need to renew our mind and transform it from harmful patterns of thinking. And we need to convert them to patterns of thinking and glorifying God. It's not easy. I had a situation very recently at work, um, very unpleasant situation, and unfortunately my, um, my position was on the line, um, and this has happened to me a couple of times during my working career, and um, I let this process take place, and a, a staff member had actually um, had done something behind my back that actually was consequences to my role. And so it was, it was a really unpleasant situation. And I went to my two managers, called me in, uh, EL1 and an EL2, and they addressed it um, with me, and basically it was my fault. Um, and so um, I was angry. I was really angry. And I said to them, I'm really angry. And um, they said, oh, don't respond while you're angry. And I said, I'll put my hand up to them, and I said, I'm not that silly. I said, I'll sit on it for 24 hours, and then I'll respond. And so what I did after 24 hours, I just I committed it to the Lord, and the Lord said, bless those who cursed you and despitefully used you. So I said, Lord, bless them. So, Lord, I just th thank you, Lord, that they're my bosses and that they're good bosses and that they are respectful and that they respect my role, and I ask, Lord, that you will bless them and that this situation will work out, okay? And so instead of going to the negative, go to the positive. Bless them that curse you and that despitefully use you, you know? Use the word to transform your thinking. And this situation, actually, what I actually ended up doing was writing an email to both those managers and I sat down in dot points, what I think was incorrect, untruths, and um, I aligned it with some principles that I live by and by the principles of the department and um, said, thank you very much for your time, sent the email off. And I prayed over it, put my hand on the screen and prayed over it <laughs> um, and sent it off. Um, and then the next day, my two bosses rang me and they said, oh, have you got some time this morning? I said, yeah, any time at all. So they both came out and they apologised. You know, that's the power of God. It had nothing to do with me. It, had, it was all the power of God. You know, if we keep a good attitude, if we keep those negative thoughts aside and we focus on what God can do in our situation, it will not only accelerate our growth, but it will also bring glory to the Lord. Okay? So let's, just, let's not focus on the negative, but let's focus on the Word of God. The next thing that can impact our, um, our growth and can impact um, and keep us bound um, with those grave clothes is relationships. Um, now, um, you know, I thank God for my beautiful family and I have a, a lovely relationship with even my children. But, you know, there's relationships that's happened in our life that are not always positive. And I have a friend um, who I've known for about 30 years and um, her daughter's names were Christy and Sarah. And um, she was always very negative. And um, over the years, I just got tired of it. It was, like, it was just hard work. So whenever we caught up, it was just hard yakka. It was like everything was negative. Everything, I'm, no, this is not happening and that's not happening and I'm not well and that's happening and this is happening. And, and it was just, it just used to suck the life out of me. And so um, I'd made a decision, I'm just going to make a clean break from this friendship. And anyway, circumstances had it that they moved to the other side of town and, and uh, we moved to Jerobombra. Um, and we sort of lost contact over a few years. And in that time, unbeknown to me, 
Um, they, uh, long story short, they um, ended up going to Charnwood Church. I can't remember. Uh, Dream Centre is, I think it's called. Um, and they both gave their hearts to the Lord, which was just wonderful. Now, her husband's since passed away, but now we've reconnected. And, you know, um, she's not as negative as she used to be. And that's wonderful because she's learning that being negative is not a good thing because it does push people away. So we need to be very wise and careful about our relationships. We need to not hang around people that are judgmental, angry, bitter, because, or, you know, uh, don't like church or don't like God. It's not healthy for us. And if we hang around people like that, um, it can rub off on us. Okay? So we need to be wise, but we need to be wise in who we can connect with because the bottom line is you may be the only connection that your outside world will have with Jesus. But we need to be wise in those connections. Okay, we need to be wise that they don't suck us back into our old life. You know, we need the word of God to keep us strong. As our weapon, we need the word of God to keep us strong, to be discerning, to be wise in our friendships. So connect with people that are kind, thoughtful, generous, respectful. They will impact your life. Okay? My sister Christine, she's quite a bit older than me. Um, she has a very, very simple faith. And every time I hang around her, I just get really excited about God. And why do I get excited about God? Because she will walk past a flower and go, oh, wow, look that. God's made that just for me. And everything she looks at, the people she meets, the things she sees, she just glorifies God in it all. Her faith is so simple, but that's how she lives life. And I love when we spend time together because it's like it really stirs up in me a freshness of the oreness, the, the mightiness of our God, you know, and it's just good to hang around people like that. It's good to hang around people like that. I also have another friend who I ring once a fortnight. She's moved away from here now to um, up in Queensland and I catch up with her once a fortnight on the phone. We talk for about two hours usually and we bounce off God stuff. And it's just, we, I hang up and I think, man, that was a good conversation. And we talk about stuff that's going on in our world and we talk about stuff that God's teaching us. We talk about stuff that we're not happy about and that we're ticked off because God didn't turn up when we needed him to. We talk about all that, you know, but at the end we talk about God and we thank God for our friendship. You know, we thank God that we can use each other as a sounding board, you know, so it's really healthy to have relationships like that. And she's great because she says, if I'm having a bit of a pity party, she, she, she just says, Trish, get over it. And we need friends like that because sometimes we can get stuck, you know. And so it's good to have healthy relationships that actually can spur you on in God. And um, that actually helps us peel off another layer of grave clothes. Um, so that's really good. You know, Martha, Mary and Lazarus had a very close personal relationship with Jesus. This is the most important relationship of all is our relationship with Jesus. So as we grow and develop as Christians, establish good, godly relationships. It's our starting point, it's our support, and it's the greatest relationship of all. So really important that we put God first in that. So, the fourth thing, distractions. Who has distractions in their life? Everybody has distractions. I don't have my mobile phone with me, but it's a distraction. I have a work phone that I have to carry with me 24-7 because I'm on call, so it's a distraction. And sometimes I'd really like to just put it in the garbage bin because it's such a distraction. Technology is a distraction. 
You know, our lives are filled with clutter. We get so busy with life, doing this and doing that. And I find that as a, as a grandma, I'm busy with grandkids and work and, you know, things that I'd get involved in. And, it's, and, and our lives are cluttered. Um, and it's really important that as God's kids, that we take the grave clothes off of distraction. What is my priorities? What is really important in my life? What is it that, that is stopping me from connecting with others and with God? The disciples in verse 8 um, were distracted by fear and doubt. Jesus, why are you going back there? They've already threatened your life. You know, so they were fearful of what might happen. So the distractions can pull us away from God rather than taking us into God. So be careful to guard your time with God. Be careful to guard the night or the day that you go to Connect Group. Be careful to guard your Sunday so you can come and have fellowship and hear the word being ministered to and worship our living God. Protect those things. They're really important. We can easily get distracted. We can walk out our front, lawn, our front yard and go, oh, my gosh, the grass needs cutting. Maybe I'll give church a miss on Sunday and cut the grass. No, your priority is, if you want to grow and develop and get rid of those grave clothes, is to spend time in the presence of God. And there's an old saying that says, if you're not involved, you're missing out. Okay, so get involved. Okay, so make God your primary focus. Make God your primary focus. Okay. So what are the things that can actually celebrate our growth? So we've gone through the four things that, um, the grave clothes that we wear, that can um, stop us from growing, which are sin, negative thinking and attitudes, relationships and distractions. But in those, in saying those, to be set free from the grave clothes, and there's others, there's lots of others, that was just four that we picked out from there, but there's, there's lots of other things that might be holding you back, and only you and Jesus know what they are. But he can help you um, discard those grave clothes. And there's three ways that I want to share with you that um, I know um, it says in Romans 10:17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you would have heard me say this before, that the biggest um, advantage, the biggest asset that we have in our growth in God is the Word of God. The Word of God is vital to us. Time in the Word of God is your lifeline. Time in the Word of God builds your faith. Time in the Word of God builds your hope. Time in the Word of God brings joy. Time in the Word of God brings solutions. And time in the Word of God can bring your miracle. So let's just look um, at what the Word says. Hebrews 4.12, this is my husband Graham's favourite verse. The Word of God is full of living power. It is sharper than any sharpest knife. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting deep into the innermost parts of our thoughts and desires. It exposes us for who and what we really are. The Word of God has transforming power. I just want to very quickly read to you. Just this is Psalm 119. I'm not going to read the whole 150 verses. Um, 
But I just want to read to you, and I, and I encourage you, if you find it difficult to get into the Word of God, this is a good place to start. Okay, what does the Word do for me? Perhaps you might do a study on that. Listen to this. How can a young man pure his, um, stay pure? By obeying the Word and following its rules. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So hiding the word of God in your heart prevents you from sinning. Gets rid of that grave cloth. I study with your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your principles and not forget your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your word. I am overwhelmed. Who gets overwhelmed sometimes? I'm overwhelmed sometimes. You know, and yet um, I have a desire for your laws. Your, your laws please me. They give me wise advice. If you're stuck on having to make a decision, go to the Word of God. It gives you wise advice. I lie in dust, completely downtrodden. Who feels down in the dump sometimes? Sometimes, you know, it's hard to get out of bed some mornings. Not because it's cold, but because you just don't feel like getting out of bed. You know, but when you're down and downhearted and discouraged, your word revives me. So when you're feeling down, pick up the word, read the word. You may not feel like it, but it will revive you. I weep with grief. Sometimes we go through hard times. Encouragement comes from your word. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my joy is found. In the word of God. Turn my eyes from the worthless things, the distractions, and give me life through your word. I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your word. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. The word of God comforts you. Your principles have been the music of my life. And what I do in the mornings is I read a psalm out. And I'm not the world's greatest singer, so um, in fact, I can't sing at all, but I can make lots of joyful noise. Um, and so I read Psalms out, and I read them as a praise to the Lord, you know? And so the Word is great for that, you know, the Psalms particularly, because David, when he wrote the Psalms, he was up and down. He was discouraged one day, up the next, discouraged one day, up the next. You know, he was all over the shop. And we're all over the shop some days. And so the Word is actually the thing that comforts you in your troubles and it brings music to your life. So I encourage you to read the Word. And as you go through Psalm 119, there is just dozens and dozens of verses about the principles and about the Word of God and how it lifts our life. So I encourage you to do that. Okay, so the, third, the, the second thing that actually helps us in our acceleration and in our growth and to get rid of the grave clothes, particularly off our head, um, is communication with God. Prayer. Okay? Now, it's often neglected in our lives because um, we just get busy with stuff and clutter and we just don't take the time to pray. But you know, we can actually pray with our eyes open and our heads raised. And we can talk to God anytime, in any place, and he will be listening. In fact, he's waiting for us to call out to him. So it's not just... You know, grab our prayer list and start working through it. God, I need this, and God, bless that person, and God, I need that, and oh, by the way, God, don't forget to bless such and such, and God, I need this. It's not about that. It's about taking the time, aside from the busyness, 
aside from what's happening in your world, taking some quiet moments and just sitting in the presence of God with the word and just listen. And just listen. And when you take that time to listen, he will talk to you. He will talk to you. He is ever patient. And he will wait for you. So just learn that in those quiet moments, God can speak to you. Are you with me on that? Yeah, it's, it's a great thing. The other thing that you can do is attend engine room. If you're not involved, you're missing out. Okay, so attend engine room and attend, attend prayer meeting. It's great. It's great. It's great to stand as a corporate body and, and believe for God's power to show up, believe for the word to be preached, believe for lives to be transformed and changed. Okay, so engine room's a really important part. Pray. Uh, praying is a, such a vital part of our Christian life. It's like um, we have a power source and the electric plug goes into that power source and turn it on. That's prayer. Prayer's your power source, you know? The words, the living word, Jesus, the living word, plug the power source in, okay, and pray. If, you, if, you, if you're not a good prayer, just talk to God like you talk to, you know, your mum or your dad or your friends because that's how Jesus is going to talk back to you because I know when he, when he talks to me, he'll go, Trish or Trish, I just want to let you know I love you today. He'll talk to you just like you talk to people. So um, listen for his voice. Pray with a group of friends. If you have a really good group of friends, pray with them. Use technology to share your prayer points. Um, we have a connect group and we, um, we have a special app just for our connect group. And when we have prayer requests, we put them on there and our group prays together. Um, so use your technology not to get distracted, but for prayer. That's a great way to connect um, and pray with one another. But set aside that tight, quiet time to commune and talk with Jesus and he will listen to you. Prayer brings God's power on the scene. Prayer brings God's power on the scene. Okay, so the last thing that I want to share with you is to be thankful. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. I've shared this before, to be thankful. It's really important that we give thanks to God for all that he is doing and done in our life. We can give thank you, Lord, that you're revealing to me the grave cloths that I'm still carting around. Thank you, Jesus, that my mind is being renewed because I spend time in your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you have connected me with good people that are going to assist me in my growth in you. Thank you, Jesus, that um, you're training me and teaching me not to think negatively but to align my thoughts with your word. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me and that you want me to accelerate and grow in my relationship with you and go deeper and deeper in that walk with you. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So thanksgiving, make your requests known to God, and his peace will guard your heart and your mind. There is nothing that the enemy wants more than to riddle you with discontentment, anxiety, worry, depression, envy, covetousness, gossiping, complaining, grave clothes. He wants to cover you with grave clothes. But Jesus wants you to walk free of the grave clothes 
and thankfulness for what he's doing in your life actually assists in those grey flows starting to peel off. So be thankful he is helping you to remove those grave clothes so we can live a life free and alive in Jesus. So let me just reiterate once again. The grave clothes. Sin, negative thinking and attitudes, unhealthy relationships and distractions. Let's make a decision to make, move forward in renewed diligence. It's hard yakka to change. It's hard work. It's effort. It takes discipline. It takes energy. It takes time. And, you know, you might, be, you might be a person that sits up late or a person that gets up early. I get up very early um, and that's my quiet time. And I have a couple of hours before the rest of the household gets up and I find that's a really precious time. Um, and I just get my thoughts for the day. I, have, I read my Bible um, and, you know, I slip up some days and I don't do it. Okay? But, you know, God wants us to be diligent in that. God wants us to connect with him every day because he's always willing and waiting for us to connect with him.